Hello and welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Gabby Mackay and joining me today is a man who is no stranger to a Monday night bevy, it's Chris Doyle. That's right Chris, I know what you did last night. Which, landed <laughs> which leads me nicely on to a man who spends his Monday nights watching obscure horror movies. He's all up in your ears like Freddy Krueger in your dreams, it's Jules Boyle. No, my baby's name. <laughs> Speaking of absolute horrors, on today's podcast we'll be discussing the most terrifying comeback since Jason Voorhees poked his head out the lake at the end of Friday the 13th as Grant Hanley returns to the Scotland squad. Lenny Wise, the dancing clown in his bid to lure sweet, innocent Greg Taylor down the Celtic storm drain. And listeners will be asking, where's Johnny? As we once again take advantage of his absence to play a Gaby's game. So we'll get right on to the first topic, with Scotland looking to exercise their major tournament demons by qualifying for Euro 2020. Next month sees the biggest horror at home this side of Amityville as Russia and Belgium visit Hamden Park. There's plenty to talk about with Steve Clark's latest squad, but we'll start with Ryan Jack. Chris, is this a well-deserved call-up? Definitely. Um, I think just, yeah, started off the season so well. I think really, except for maybe like Ryan Christie, has to be probably, yeah, second best midfielder in the country, I'd say. Like, obviously early stages, but he had a really good season last year. And um, yeah, I think Gerrard's just showing you, I mean, Rangers have so many... um, centre mids as disposal you know Stephen Davis Glenn Kamara they all played well towards the end of last season but it seems like Jack's the first on the team sheet so it feels like he's just added more to his game this year and he's really improved under Gerrard yeah I think a lot of people thought that he would be getting bombed out but yeah, he's, he's definitely not, been I, he's, I think I think he's uh, added yeah more to just the uh, his attack um, going forward um, just kind of with his kind of passing his runs uh, movement just seems like a lot more polished compared to like previous seasons so yeah definitely well deserved who knows if i'm not sure if he'll maybe start but he deserves to get the call up i think it was this he he's had free cap so he should be getting more and hopefully can kick on from from here absolutely and the other big talking point was who isn't in the squad with celtic striker lee griffiths left out clark said i feel we should just give him a little bit more time to settle into the role again at celtic but he added a fully fit firing sharp lee griffiths will always be an asset to us Jules, do you agree that this international break's just come a little bit too soon for him? Probably, probably has. Um, he has came on, he obviously he's been away for a, a, quite a long period of time and, and he's came back into the squad in pre-season. He's played in most of the games so far, um, a, not not completely, um, he's not been starting the games. Scotland call-ups are a big thing, especially, I mean, you're talking Russia and Belgium as well, these are huge, huge games. Um, and it is a different thing from club levels, different kind of football, he's playing with a different team that he's not kind of played with, you know, day in, day out. Um, as much as people might like to see him um, back in the uh, line for Scotland, which I think most people do, I think it is just a wee bit, wee bit too early. Even if it was maybe like you know a month later or something like that, it maybe it's, you know, a slightly difference. But at the moment, I think it's probably the right call. I don't think you get too many folk um, complaining that he's been hard done by, like including him. I think. Do you think it's maybe one of those where Clark's spoken to Celtic now? We obviously know there's the Nations League playoff, which you'd imagine Clark wants Griffiths involved with. Do you think maybe it's a case of he's gone to Celtic? And they've sort of liaised about it and Celtic have said, look, we think it'd be better for him to sort of spend that two weeks or whatever on the training ground, getting more of that sharpness back. And Clark's sort of done that on the understanding that uh, he will be involved when the, the real important games come up. I think I'd be very surprised if that isn't exactly what happened, to be honest, because um, it does uh, tick all the boxes, both for um, the player and for his club. And again, for Scotland as well, because um, it means when he does come back to the Scotland squad, he is, as Clark says, fire and fit. 
um, and he's in a better place for Celtic, a better place for his own fitness. You've watched him in those games, he has looked impressive, he's looked hungry, he's looked sharp, but he's not looked the full Lee Griffiths yet. I mean, he's, not, he's, he's clearly not back to quite what he can be or what he always is. Um, so that's, I think that's exactly what's happened, 100%. The only thing I'd kind of counter that, playing kind of devil's advocate here, but oh. um, I would understand leaving them out in terms of like if Scotland had this you know, abundance of strikers available to them, which they definitely do not. Um, so his kind of reason, Clark's reasons of obviously not bringing Griffiths in, which is understandable, but doesn't that say, hasn't he played more than, say, Stephen Naismith, who has been called up? So... That's the thing that's kind of, he's hardly played for Hearts this season through injury, still kind of recovering, hardly played anything. So isn't that kind of the same? I'm not quite sure that you you could argue of just having them in the squad, you know, just to you know produce that moment of magic with Griffiths. You, you've seen it against England in the past. So it's just, maybe you're right, if that agreement's in place, then that makes a lot of sense because in, it's good to hear Clark's comments because he's obviously in the long-term plans. But it's just interesting to see, like, he would bring Naismith. Obviously, he brings experience to the table, but he's hardly kicked the ball this season. And Griffiths has, he's played more than that. So it's interesting that, um, yeah, that maybe he's came in and, yeah, Griffiths has not. But that could be, you're right, we don't know what goes on under the scenes, yeah. uh, behind the scenes, sorry. Um, but I think that's just kind of an interesting point. It could um, also mm-hmm. perhaps be yeah. a case that they're obviously different types of players. You know, yeah. Griffiths likes to play off the shoulder and he's all about being quick over that kind of five, ten yards and like you say, producing moments of magic. Whereas Nathan is more about sort of hard work and industry. So he maybe doesn't have to be at absolute peak sharpness to deliver what he does. Whereas Griffiths, if he's not at peak sharpness, he maybe won't have that little yeah, extra half yard to get in behind the defence. I think so. Um, what would be of concern to me, apart from the strikers, where, as, as you say, I mean, like, we've got Ollie McBurney, who apparently is a £20 million player these <laughs> days, but I've never seen it for Scotland. But it concern for me that there's only three centre-backs in the squad, and one of those is Grant Hanley. So Scott McKenna, John, John Souter, and Stuart Finlay are all injured, or certainly Finlay was wearing a boot on his foot after the Kelly game, and the other two we know are injured because they missed the weekend games. So how do we feel about Hanley making his return against the likes of Romelu Lukaku, Dries Mertens, Kevin De Bruyne, and Aidan Hazard? <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be negative. You don't want to be be the the the, the pundits sitting on the sidelines, the shouting doom and gloom. Um, it's certainly not something you're going to be going in thinking right this in the bag. Um, it's they're going to get battered. They're going to get absolutely. I don't mean battered as in they're going to lose or that, but they are going to be getting an absolute onslaught. Um, is that the the back line? Is is that I see the guy? Is that what's going to be be able to deal with this? Oh, it's not been a good start to the season no. as well. I've seen him against uh, Liverpool and he was in for a horrible evening there against you know Salah, Firmino and uh, I think it was Origi as well and i um, seen him at the weekend against um, for Norwich against Chelsea and um, Tammy Abraham kind of just turned him inside out for one of the goals um, and uh, Mason Mount kind of had his way with him as well, and <laughs> so it's I don't it doesn't instill you much confidence. I think it's one of those. It's just a difficult situation because, you know, yeah, your Suter, um, uh, Suter, and yeah, Finley. Did you say it's um, Finley and, and, McKenna. and McKenna? So yeah, that's just like I mean, it's bad luck in the sense this early on. There's essentially three better centre backs who are younger. You'd rather bring in and better, but I think they're just essentially kind of forced to bring in Hanley, which mm. isn't. But I'm not quite sure if it's a good option, especially if you're saying Russia and Belgium, those are good uh, level of opponents. Yeah, so. and the <laughs> centre-back partnership might be Charlie Mulgrew and uh, Grant Hanley, <laughs> which uh, wouldn't fill me with confidence. I mean, I guess people would come back and go, look, the guy's a Premier League captain, but I think, as Chris says, Norwich haven't exactly looked defensively sound in the games no. they've played no. so far. 
Um, finally, on the Scotland squad, I just want you guys to do some proper investigative journalism and tell me, who the bloody hell is Craig McGilvery? <laughs> I think it's a postman, is it not? <laughs> it was honestly what everyone's been saying like in the office today. They were like, who? Yeah, apparently is, he's the goalkeeper that? for Portsmouth. Um, I apparently was born in Perth, but he's played his entire career in England. I, I mean, quite honestly, this is live on the podcast. Have any of you ever seen him play or indeed heard of him before? Because I hadn't. I have not. No. no. No, 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 never heard him. Doesn't even do ring a bell. Do you think um, it'll be Mar- unlike your postman who does ring the bell? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> so do you think it'll be runs Marshall away. that probably plays in goals? Yeah, you, the, you'd imagine yeah. it would have to like, be Marshall so if yeah, you look at the McLaughlin guys. Is a, I guess the other one, but I guess he's just kind of there to make up the numbers. But it's, I mean, it's great for him in terms of getting his, that that cap. But um, yeah, I'd never never heard of him. Unfortunately, don't know much about him. And so sorry for all the people who have been at home googling Craig McGilvery. We cannot <laughs> uh, shed any light on who he is, but. If it's any consolation, as Chris says, he probably won't play. Uh, <laughs> You'll probably get an ang- ang- angry tweet for his dad now. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the next subject, which is the... I think we can all agree that this summer, what we've really been lacking on this podcast is an ongoing story concerning Celtic and a left-back. Just not been enough for them. It really hasn't. <laughs> Fortunately, we've had another twist in the Greg Taylor to Celtic story as it's reported that Celtic are unwilling to meet Kilmarnock's three million asking price and have turned their attention elsewhere. Jules, do you think this is just a classic case of Celtic leaking something to the media to try and get the player to agitate for the move, maybe lower the price a bit? Um, I'm not sure. Um, there, there definitely seems to be um, a lot of leaking coming out of Celtic Park these days. Um, a lot of leaking, as you say. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you look at you look at how many think three million quid is he worth? It? Of course, he's worth it. Do you know what I mean? I don't think there's any doubt he's worth he's worth for for that amount of money he's got. Um, would he do a job at Celtic? He definitely would. Um, you see a lot of folks saying, "Oh, you know, kind of do it in Europe." Blah blah. You know, it's like there's other things to concern about. Do you know what I mean? You can see you can see what Bolly's doing. I think you can see him coming on to a game. He's, he's improving. I'm still not convinced he's ever going to be a particularly great defensive player. Um, I've got hope that he might, you know, improve and settle down a bit. You see him settling down in games, it comes on a bit as well, it's a bit of confidence with him. I think uh, your man Greg would be a great asset to the club, and for three million quid, you know, and the, the amount of money they're spending in these sort of things, it's not a huge amount of money. Um, for this now to come out that they've, they've uh, finished their interest and stuff like that, I mean, we heard that about... Um, Turnbull. Turnbull. Oh, we heard yeah. that a few times, interest was gone, that was the end, of it, and then folk got up, blah, blah, blah. Again, this situation, yeah, I, I don't think, um, I would be surprised if the interest is completely gone. Obviously, they've got other um, options, supposedly, that we've heard about. Um, but yeah, Melling at uh, Rosenborg, yes, I think, is the one, uh, one that's talked yeah, about. Yeah, which is one that a lot of people seem to be quite interested in. And it is that thing as well, I think a lot of people would rather the guy from Rosenborg, the foreign player, than the Scottish player, it's that kind of thing as well, this sort of thing, oh, he's only coming for the Scottish team, blah blah. We've seen time and again where that's like a folly to think of that. Um, I don't think a, I don't think their interest is over. To be honest, I don't think so. I think they're still in the haggling stage. Obviously, they were offering a certain amount of money, and was it Jack Henry? Yeah, the, the rumor was a rumor million was. pounds in Jack Henry yeah, on loan. Yeah, I'm, I'm in fair play. If Keller go, no, no, we want, want some cold hard cash for this excellent yeah, player we've got. That's what I was thinking. Like they're well within their right to, you know, three million pounds. Like. When they look at um, Bolingoli, he's went for that s- a similar amount. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. there's an argument that Taylor is like a more accomplished left back in the mm-hmm. sense of just like balanced more defensively and going forward. And so going forward, yeah. they're totally in their rights to 
be like, well, you paid that for him, so why yeah. can't we get that like, for Taylor? Yeah, I, mean, so, I could, I could, I could um, you know, buttress that point. I could hit you with just a few numbers. Guy. <laughs> okay, I could, or you will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, he's played over 100 league games for Kelly already. He's 21. Yeah. He's already a Scotland international. You know, he made his debut yeah. in that Belgium game. I think it quite himself yeah. quite well. Yeah, he did. He did. Celtic were willing to pay three million for Turnbull, who hasn't played anywhere near that amount of games. Isn't an international. He's obviously a fine player, as we said many times on this podcast. Kelly's record sale at the moment is Stephen Naismith going to Rangers 12 years ago for two million, and at that time he'd played fewer games than mm-hmm. um, Taylor has now, and wasn't an international. Look, he's a striker. I know they go for more. So, do you think that's a case that Celtic should just basically pay up what Kelly want and just secure the player? Because we've seen them yeah. miss out on players before. I mean, everybody remembers the John McGinn saga. Yeah, yeah that's Clinton. Yeah, I think. Uh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I think. I think they should just. I mean, if you look at the the Kieran Tierney saga. You know, it was the opposite of that. Do you know, it was Arsenal coming in and offering, like, you know, two Mars bars and, you know, a <laughs> loan <laughs> a DVD. Do you know what I mean? It was like, so Celtic going, no, this is what we want, this is what he's worth. And they held off for it, they got what they wanted for it. But then not to do it that way, you know, a, a weird team like Arsenal to them and that sort of stuff. Three million quid, do you know what I mean? As the McGinn thing, we've seen it before. Sometimes, you know, it isn't worth spending the extra money on, you know, Scottish players and doing that thing. I don't think for the amount of money they're talking about here, it's, it's remotely worth you know, yeah. being hardball, but unless they've got someone lined up who is equal or better for about the same money or better, something that's a better option to come in. But if they don't, if you get to the end of this transfer window, they've not brought in your boy for Rosenberg, they've not got him again because they wouldn't pay the three million, and it's Bolly on his own or that sort of stuff, and they're left with that not getting filled. There'll be, you know, riots on Twitter at least. Yeah. <laughs> but is, isn't there a case of maybe, you know, they're essentially in talks with these two players, they're not going to get both. Mm-hmm. So. Are they saying they're turning their attention to Melling? Maybe they're just they're just deciding that's the guy we're going for. Um, I would say Melling in terms like kind of on his CV maybe looks better than Taylor in terms like obviously mm-hmm. those were really good stats considering the numbers you buy for Taylor considering his age. But obviously kind of Melling's like kind of played in the Champions League, Rosenberg, yeah. and he's kind of got he's got ten caps for for Norway as well, a bit yeah, older. Yeah. So maybe he's kind of. Argument can be made. He can come into the team and kind of hit the ground running more than Taylor can. He needs yeah. to like sort of get used to playing at a club like Celtic because diff- we've seen that it's difficult to kind of just come in straight away. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. They're not going to get both. I mean, well, it's doubtful. I mean, <laughs> why buy? buy, buy I know by Bollinger as well. That'd be free left back. So uh-huh. I don't like. There's a lot of this kind of about. I think Melling's agent came out um, kind of last week and was basically like, like if. If um, Rosemarg um, don't get through in the Champions League group stages, then he's basically off. So I think there's still basically, we, as you said, there's a lot more to kind of still happen in this in the past week. So they are two 0 down their first leg, and it looks like they're going out. So I don't know if that's going to influence things, but it could have could could have a huge say. And I wouldn't say it's over with Taylor either, though. Was the yeah. first game uh, Rosenborg played last night? Was it? The, was that last night the first leg of the Champions League game? Uh, no, it was last week. So two, they're week. two 0 down down Zagreb. They're playing the second. That'll be tonight. tonight, tonight so, right. I, so don't I, I don't know if that's the case. Like, oh, if they make it group stages with their players, like, well, that's a reason to stay. Um, yeah, I was just, I was just wondering yeah. if that's yeah. why the rumours had come out again because of uh-huh, that. But yeah. yeah, so surely though, then if they don't qualify for the Champions League, um, where does that leave them? Well, obviously Celtic aren't in, exactly. in the Champions League. Yeah. So it's <laughs> not a case of yeah, like, oh, like, oh well, I want well, to play with that. But with I guess like Celtic, 
you know, bigger an club. Prospect. So yeah, exactly. So then he's thinking like, what is there that's got to keep me? It's at, either or. At Rosenberg, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean, like, if we're not in the if if they aren't in the Champions League, so it's not necessarily the Celtic are going to be the team that he goes to. It could uh-huh. be other suitors. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that's just more like according to what his agent says, that's kind of like he sees himself a bigger club, bigger mm-hmm. league, and if they don't qualify for the Champions League, then he's I think that's on. yeah, that's a, yeah. A, it's going to be kind of. I play a huge part so it's, it will be see how that develops like over the next few days I think there's still a lot more to go with it yeah well, it's definitely. not over till it's over with, exactly as you say with Taylor <laughs> Turnbull you know <laughs> yeah yeah well absolutely and I'd just like to say Celtic should definitely sign Melling and leave Taylor at Kilmarnock <laughs> <laughs> to, to be honest as much as I love you I, if, if Celtic signed Taylor um, it would be funny <laughs> just, to, just to see your meltdown just see, yeah. him, see him lining up with Scott Brown every week and <laughs> <laughs> yes uh, there'll be a few burst microphones on this podcast with my uh, with my ranting will be happening when that goes on and uh, to stay slightly on subject we're going to round things off with another edition of Gabby's Game and it is Kelly related Oft. shocker Ooh. today former manager Lee Clark claimed that he tried to sign Mason Mount who we actually mentioned earlier during his mercifully brief tenure at Rugby Park I personally have no issues believing this story because he tried to sign everyone. But just how well do you two remember his signings? This is good. Mm. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you three names. Some are genuine Lee Clark signings and some are players I totally made made up. So you'll get three names each. Okay. All you have to do is tell me that's Lee Clark or you're having a lark. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to end up wearing a sort of bright jacket and stuff like that just turning into like Leslie Crowder yeah. or something aren't you I don't know who that is Jules. oh for god's sake it's too old a reference <laughs> um, so Jules I'm going to start with you is this a real Lee Clark signing or am I having a luck Dapo Coyote that's Lee Clark that is Lee Clark that's 1-0 yeah, to Jules <sighs> I'm gonna go to. Um, I thought you were just mispronounced Dapple and Biddy wrong. <laughs> I would say most of these, most of these um, Kelly fans would struggle to remember if these are real players or not. Well, I'm definitely um, gonna struggle. <laughs> just don't have my knowledge, Chris. That's what it is. <laughs> this is a man who's top of the fantasy football league. He certainly knows his I stuff. Am. Certainly, I am. Credit where credit's due. Chris, oh, oh, that was me trying to point at Chris and hit the mic. Sorry about that, <laughs> listeners. Chris, Stephen Smithers is that Lee Clark? or am I having a lark? You're having a lark. I am having a lark. <laughs> Stephen Smithers is not a real player. <laughs> Jules, Jamie Cobain. That's Lee Clark. That is Lee Clark. Oh, That's 2-1 two two to two. Jules. Hey, you're doing well here. <laughs> Chris, Florian Bojage. <laughs> um, I need to compose myself after that. <laughs> um... You're having a lark. No, that's oh, a real no. one, apparently. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his second name, <laughs> but that so is I a real one. made up. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was more me struggling to pronounce his second name, but no, that is a real player, apparently. Um, according, I, I don't really remember him, but, but I vaguely remember him. Uh, Jules, Daniel Cabrera. You're having a lark. I am having a lark. Oh, Jules Whoa. wins. That's, that's three out of three. That's three out of three. Yes, Daniel Cabrera was, in fact, a football manager regen in my all-conquering Notts County season on Football <laughs> Manager 2013. So, Chris, I'm going to leave you with the last one. You can salvage some pride here. The best you can get is 3-2, but you can salvage some pride. Sean Longstaff. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, a, 
A Clark signing. That is a Clark signing. I do know and that. he's currently playing in the yes. Premier League for Newcastle, which is why I thought <laughs> it was a little bit surprising. <laughs> and also Longstaff is a funny name. That is a very yeah, funny name. I actually think I've seen I've seen him play for Kelly. Very oh, good player. Actually one of his better signings. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's him him and Jordan Jones and maybe Koulibaly out of the I think twenty six, which was nothing compared to the forty seven he signed at Birmingham. I suppose oh, it's wow. uh, okay to mention now. Actually, I'm a bit of cheat because Lee Clark signings is one of my mastermind subjects. Oh yeah. no! Oh, see, yeah, if I'd known see. this, I'd never have suggested this game. Sorry, Chris. Feel free to. Admiral, I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all from us here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before four pm, just in time to make your daily work commute that little bit more bearable. You can get more from us at the Football Scotland website or our social media channels on Facebook and Twitter, which is at football underscore Scott. To ask a question, make a comment to us individually. You can get me on at Gary Mackay, Jules on Captain underscore Howdy, and Chris on Hi Chris Doyle. Until tomorrow, thanks for listening. See ya.